So we've been in the middle of this series called Mark My Words. We're studying the gospel of Mark and we're paying close attention to Jesus's words in this gospel. Each of our sermon titles through this series have been words from Jesus. And so the sermon title this morning is, You Give Them Something to Eat. The feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle story that appears in all four gospels. And we can surmise, I think, that it is a beloved story for the early Christian church, and it continues to be a beloved story for the modern church as well. As we talked about last Sunday, Jesus sends out his 12 apostles into the neighboring villages in order to carry out his ministry. Two by two, they go out together and they're preaching and they're teaching and they're healing. And then at the beginning of today's passage from Mark 6, the apostles have returned. They've returned from their ministry. They've returned from their tour of mission. They're back. And we're told at this passage that they come to Jesus and they tell Jesus about all that they've done. They tell Jesus about all that they taught. They tell Jesus about the miracles that they've performed, the ministry that they've accomplished. And Jesus, in this passage, invites the apostles to go with him to a deserted place. He invites them to go with him to rest and to eat. I've heard this story so many times before. Through the other Gospels, of course, and through Mark's Gospel as well. But I'm not sure that I ever picked up on a detail that's in this story from Mark 6. I don't know if you caught it either. This miracle of feeding the 5,000 starts with 12 hungry disciples. What the passage is telling us is that they've been racing around They've been doing this ministry from town to town, village to village. And the passage says that they've been going from place to place, that they had no leisure even to eat. The miracle starts with 12 hungry disciples. The message translation says it this way, for there was constant coming and going. They didn't even have time to eat. The miracle of feeding the multitude starts with hungry disciples. So Jesus takes them to this deserted place, and the the plan is for them to rest and to eat. But what we're told is that the crowd finds them. And Mark tells us that Jesus has compassion on the crowd, and he he begins to teach them. In other words, what we're hearing is that the crowd is feasting on the words of the word made flesh and they lose track of time. Has that ever happened to you? You get into the middle of something and then at the end of the day you remember, I haven't eaten anything all day long. Jesus is teaching the crowds and they realize, I haven't eaten any. They haven't eaten. They're hungry. And so it, when it gets late in the day, the disciples come to Jesus And they're worried about the crowd. They too, we could say, are moved by compassion. They're worried that they won't be able to find food in that deserted place. So the disciples want Jesus to send the crowd away. They want Jesus to send the crowd 
into the neighboring villages to find something to eat. Again, this sermon series is Mark My Words. So we're taking a closer look at Jesus' words here. And when the disciples encouraged Jesus to send the crowd into the villages to find food, Jesus responds in what one commentator notes sounds like an impossible, maybe even an insensitive demand. Jesus says to the disciples, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Now, the disciples are confused. How in the world could they ever buy enough food for the crowd? The NRSB mentions 200 denarii. <clears throat> now, a denarius was equivalent to about the daily wage for a laborer. So we're talking about a small fortune to feed the crowd if it would cost 200 denarii. I like the disciples' response to Jesus' instruction that we find in the message translation. This is what they say to Jesus. Are you serious? You want us to go spend a fortune on food for their supper. But Jesus has nothing of the sort in mind. The disciples who have just returned from a mission are sent back out. This time they're sent out into the crowd and Jesus says, go and see. Go and see what the crowd has, Jesus says. But that inventory of what they have doesn't take long because it's not much. All the disciples can find is five loaves of bread and two fish. Five loaves and two fish. Jesus blesses the small meal. The disciples divided among the crowd, and somehow, somehow it's enough. And everyone ate, and everyone was filled. This old story was beloved in the early Christian community. There's no doubt that it's one of the most well-known stories in Scripture. It maybe is even one of the most well-known stories in the world. It's an amazing miracle story. But it's also a story that we know is true because we still see it happen. We know it's true because this miracle continues to take place in the modern day. We read it in all four Gospels in Scripture, but we also can see it in our own time. For the past four Sunday nights, our youth group has been learning about food insecurity in our community. And they've been learning about what our church is trying to do to address those issues. We learned about Margine's Meals, a Thanksgiving feeding program that started small, but this past Thanksgiving fed over 1,000 people a Thanksgiving meal on Thanksgiving Day. We learned about the Carpenter's Table, our food pantry that is open every Saturday of the year and has been feeding recently on average over 200 households every single week. The carpenter's table didn't start with five loaves of bread and two fish. It started with one ham. It started with one ham at the holidays 
and a file cabinet of food. My understanding is that file cabinet maybe was even in that little room right there. And that's how it started. From providing a holiday ham for one family to feeding over 200 families every week of the year, that's a multitude of people getting the food that they need. With both of these programs, Margin's Meals and the Carpenter's Table, I've heard again and again how the volunteers wondered and sometimes still wonder, will we have enough for everyone? We, will we have enough for everyone to be served? Will we have enough resources to make it another month? Can we find enough funds to buy the truck that we need or the fridges or the freezers that we need? But somehow, somehow it turns out to be enough. Somehow the food comes in or the donations come in at just the right time. We know that the miracle of the feeding of the multitude is true because we see it. A little becomes a lot. Five loaves feeds 5,000. One ham turns into hundreds of pounds of food given away every single week. This is the miracle of the Super Bowl of caring, too. We just told the story, the simple story, to our children during the children's sermon. That little prayer to a small youth group in 1990 became a national movement to address food insecurity. And it started with that simple prayer. Lord, even as we enjoy the Super Bowl football game, help us be mindful of those who are without a bowl of soup to eat. 5,000 in donations those first couple of years turned into 200 million in donations since. The miracle of the multitude is not ancient history. It's not confined to the four gospels. We still see it, and we're invited to be a part of it. In this passage, Jesus speaks this seemingly stern demand. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Is it a demand, though? Or maybe it's an invitation. You do it. You get to do it. You get to be a part of this miracle. A couple of weeks ago, Jennifer Taylor, who is the founder of the Feed the Future program, came and spoke to our youth group. And she told us a story that I don't think I've heard before. Feed the Future is a weekend backpack feeding program. And at this point, every school in District 5 is sponsored by one or more churches who provide bags of food to students who need food over the weekends when they don't have access to school-provided meals. Every school in District 5 is sponsored by a church or multiple churches. Tiger River Presbyterian Church sponsors students at our neighboring school, River Ridge Elementary. And Jennifer Taylor told us how this incredible program started. 
And I want to share that story with you this morning. Jennifer was serving as a substitute at River, uh, at Reedville Road Elementary School. And she was on lunch duty, and she noticed one child collecting apple slices off of everyone's lunch trays. No one wanted to eat their apple slices that day for whatever reason. And so this child took napkins and collected the leftover apple slices. A teacher saw this and approached the child. The teacher was rightly worried that the apples would go bad throughout the rest of the day or cause a mess or maybe attract bugs to the classroom. And so the child was asked to toss the apples and immediately broke down and broke down to the point of hysteria. And Jennifer said, to the credit of that teacher and the credit of that school, they worked with the student to try to understand the strong reaction. And they found out that that student was collecting apple slices for his four-year-old brother, not yet school age. And if he didn't take those apple slices home, his brother wouldn't have anything to eat that day. Jennifer said to our students a couple weeks ago that she saw this and she was moved with compassion. She said she couldn't sleep. She said it's all that she could think about. She was a substitute at the school, but she went to the administration and said, how, how can we find a solution here? She started calling around to local and national feeding programs to look for help, but she couldn't find anyone to help. She couldn't find any program that was the right fit. Jennifer is a member at Joy Lutheran Church, and she's a person of great faith. She said she prayed and she prayed and she prayed for God to point her to someone who could help her, anyone. But then she said she got up one morning and she had this feeling of God speaking to her. She told our youth this a couple of Sunday nights ago. She said, as cheesy or as wild and crazy as it sounds, she felt like God was speaking to her that day. And she heard God telling her this. You're not going to find someone else to help because I want you to do it. You give them something to eat. Jesus says to his disciples in this passage, you give them something to eat. Is it a demand or is it an invitation? I want you to do it. I want you to be a part of the miracle. Thanks be to God, a few concerned community members heard a call, and now many volunteers work together to provide over a thousand people a hot Thanksgiving meal on Thanksgiving morning through Margine's Meals. Thanks be to God, the outreach team at Tiger River responded, 
and one ham turned into the carpenter's table food pantry, feeding over 200 people every week. Thanks be to God, a Presbyterian pastoral intern responded and a Super Bowl Sunday prayer turned into millions raised to address food insecurity in our country. Thanks be to God, Jennifer Taylor responded. And now every school in District 5 has a Feed the Future program. You give them something to eat, Jesus says. It's not a demand. It's an invitation to participate in the miracle of the multitude. You remember that detail I mentioned that I had missed in this story? The feeding story starts with 12 hungry disciples. We're told that they didn't even have time to eat. They're famished. And those hungry disciples are quickly invited into the feeding of the multitude. But I don't want you to miss the ending. I don't want you to miss how the story concludes. Scripture says this, And all ate and were filled, and the disciples took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. They collected 12 baskets of leftovers. Twelve hungry disciples, twelve baskets of leftovers. The disciples are part of this miracle. They're part of what makes, makes it happen. But in this story, they're on the receiving end too. They are among the multitude. They are included in the miracle. They too are fed. 12 baskets left over for 12 hungry disciples. I bet Jennifer Taylor would tell you that among the hundreds upon hundreds of students fed through the Feed the Future program, that she too has been filled up. In other words, the miracle of this ministry is for her own life as well. When Jesus invites us into ministry and miracle, he doesn't forget to feed us too. The crowd of thousands ate their fill and the 12 disciples gathered 12 baskets of leftovers. Let's pray. Gracious and generous God, you invite us into your work in this world. You are still doing amazing things among us and it is amazing that you allow us, encourage us, invite us to be a part of that good work. And so help us to respond. Help us to be moved with compassion as this passage describes. Help us to be willing to watch little things grow into mighty things through the power of your presence. And God, remind us that any time we join you in your work, we too will have the blessing of your provision. We too will be filled through the chance to join your gifts of grace, mercy, and love for the world. These things we pray as we continue to worship you. 
And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, the one who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.